0: That was like do, do, like domination on this side, man. I mean, that was that wasn't even close. It really wasn't. I will tell you what, Nava really made the difference on that team. I could just I could feel his energy. No, that that is good. That is good. Y'all really disappointed me over here. I, I thought, yeah, they really were jabbing a lot, but they didn't bring nothing. They didn't bring nothing with the... With just running their mouths, amen? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that because a lot of people feel like they're in the game, but all they're really doing is just running their mouths, you know? And then you got this section. Look, y'all got the most, and you still couldn't. You still came up short. No, no, this ain't about how many you got. This is about how much you got in you. Y'all didn't know a little game. Watch it. Hallelujah. Well, it's good to see every single one of you this morning. We're glad you're here at the Remnant Church. And uh, what a blessing it is to be in the house of God. We're beginning our brand new series called Get in the Game. And uh, it's our prayer that through this series that uh, whether whether you've never uh, been a part of the kingdom of God and what God is doing in your life, or you've been a part of it for 20 years or more, I don't know where you are in that mix, but God wants to do something new and fresh in your life. He wants to do something. uh, He wants to show you something about the position that he's called you to that you've never seen before, amen? So there's room for growth no matter where you're at in this process of God's great game, amen? Hebrews 1 and two, it's our theme scripture. It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us, throw off every, uh, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Amen. And that's so important. It's so important that we realize that there is a race marked out for every single one of us. And my race might not look like your race. And see, that's where we get in trouble. We all think that the Christian race looks like one, one, one thing and everybody's running around, uh, along the same course and the same track, but that's not true, amen? God's called every single one of us to a specific and purposeful call that he's had planned for us. It says, let us run the, with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. If you're running the race without Jesus, you're running in vain. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. That's good news. That's good news. We serve a God who's not just expecting us to do something, but he's already done it. He expects us to follow his example. Amen. Amen. You you don't have to invent this thing called running the race. You, You don't have to invent getting in the game in God's kingdom. Jesus has already done it. Amen. Jesus has already done it. But I love the energy that we just had. That was a lot of fun because it involved a lot of people to accomplish a purpose, even though it was a really silly game. And that's what the kingdom of God is. And You got to ask yourselves, how bad do I want to get in the game? Am I a part of what God is doing? Am, 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 Am I flowing at what God is producing and what God is wanting to do? Not just now, but in the future. Am I in the game? Are you in God's great game? Are you running your race with perseverance? Every single message that we listen to is a great opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and where we are in our our life and in our faith and allow God to do something fresh and new. Amen? But we got to have something in us and only God can put this in us. That's why we got to look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. But there's something when you got born again that causes you to hunger and long to be in the game. Yeah. Amen. I want to be in the game. Yeah. You know, you may have heard this story before, but it's a good story because I, 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 it's a story about me wanting to be in the game. But when I was like in third grade, I played uh, Football for the Peachtree City Packers. I, I'm telling you, I was, I was a bad dude. I was a bad dude. And the way they did little, little pee wee football back in the back in the, where we were is they did it by weight, right? Which didn't work out well for me. This didn't work to my advantage. So 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 I my my goal was. I'm in the third grade. I'm like, how old are you in the third grade? Like eight or nine? Eight, nine. So I'm like nine years old and I'm trying to make the 95 pound team. Right? Because that's where all the other eight. That means 95 pounds was the max weight that you could be to be on this team, and I loved football. I loved everything about it. I loved putting on the pads. I love hitting people. I wasn't scared. I just I loved the chaos of it. I loved the madness of it. I, I just I loved it. But I was a little bit hefty. <laughs> a little bit. Little bit. It's all right. Where are my hefty people at? Come on. Amen. Amen. We got to stick together. Come on. <clears throat> so, 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 and all the, yeah, no, I'll, I won't meddle there. And so, so, so I want to, I, I love playing the game. I wanted to be in the game, Howard. That's all. My life lived and revolved around the game. I was a Peachtree City Packer. I was a Packer, man. We had the Packer uniforms instead of the, it, it just had the, the P on it. Just, I'm telling you, it was a real deal. And so I showed up to, before every single game, they would weigh us uh, before every single game. And so I showed up one week to the game and 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 I came in. Yeah, this is like fat shaming people. You know what I mean? <laughs> this does not happen in 2018. It might break some delicate little heart. And so, and so, uh serious me too guys okay me too all right so 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 what it what, what happened was I get on the scale and I was like 101 pounds or something like that and and they looked at me and they were like sorry you, you can't you can't play on the 95 pound team and I just wanted to get in the game that's all I wanted was to be in the game and so they bumped me up a level and and so I'm playing with kids now I'm the smallest kid At this new level. The smallest and the youngest. And I get creamed. During this game this day. And so. My dad was one of my coaches. And he comes up with this great idea. He says Colby we're going to get you back on the 95 pound team. (laughs) And so for the next week. My father. Puts me on. Have you ever seen The Biggest Loser? (laughs) I'm not joking. He puts this 8 year old little boy on the most intense diet you've ever no it wasn't a diet he didn't let me eat we go to listen all week on my mother's mad and my dad's just like she, she, she'll get over it he's like she'll be alright come on and so I'm go, listen I want to get in the game and if I'm willing to give up a slice of pizza to get in the game you better know I wanted to be in the game So I wake up on, or get, get back home from school on Monday. The game was on Saturday. I wait in at 101, get home from school on Monday, and my dad's waiting on me. So we're going to the track. I so, said, all right, we go to the track, and he pulls out a black trash bag. True story. Look, if you want to call CPS, you call him. Because I'm still messed up because of this and he cuts a slit in the bottom of that trash bag and pulls it over my head and puts two armholes around it and he says start walking it is 105 degrees i'm in a black trash bag Trey's true, truth walking around this track not getting to eat can i mean i can't do nothing every single day we walked i'm sweating while i'm 8 years old <laughs> So the next Saturday comes, I haven't eaten any, I mean, literally I have not eaten anything, wasn't even allowed to drink water that morning. Wake up, they come, they weigh us in, I get on the scale, and it's 96 pounds. First of all, eight-year-olds aren't supposed to lose five pounds. That's awful. 96 pounds, and the coach looked at me and he said, <clears throat> Mr. Hill shut the door. They shut the door, and he said, take your clothes off. <laughs> it's a true story. So I took my clothes off down to my skivvies, and he said, son, I said, take your clothes off. <laughs> Listen, I've only been treated like this one other time. It's when I went to jail, all right? <laughs> only one other time. It's a true story. I'm in there stripped down, buck naked. Buck naked. And I'd get on the scale and tick in at 95 pounds. There was only one problem I was actually starving to death. I ran to that concession stand as fast as I could. I got me a big, giant Dr. Pepper and two cheeseburgers. And made myself sick and couldn't play in the game. (laughs) Is that an awful story? But the moral of the story is I wanted to get in the game, man. We got to want to get in the game. We got to want to get involved with what God is doing in our lives, in our church, and in our community. There is something that God wants to do, and he chooses to use us. And sometimes i got to ask myself, do I have the same desire to be a part of God's kingdom? Am I willing to go through what I went through to be on the football field as I am to be on God's playing field? Amen? Come on. There's all different kinds of people. God's not calling us to be spectators. He's calling us to be participators. The remnant church is a church full of participators. And I love God's game. I love God's team. I was telling all of our volunteers, here's the greatest thing about God's team. It's not 11 guys on the field. It's not one person running down the track. This isn't for the best and the brightest and the baddest and the most qualified. This is for the most willing. And if you'll be willing, if you'll say, Jesus, I don't know how, but if you can use me, my God, I want to be used by you. There's a position for you on the field in God's game. Telling you, he's not calling us to be spectators, but participators. We've got to get out of the stands, off of the sidelines, off of the bench and into the game. A sporting event is full of people, and and I think the church is the same way. We're full of people. There's a lot of people here this morning, and that's exciting and that's awesome. But God has called us to be an impact player. And and I think if we could sit there and really be honest with ourselves and real with ourselves, we would say, am I an impact player in God's kingdom? Or am I just coming and enjoying what the players are producing? I was at the game Friday night. Awesome game. Leopards won. Give them a hand clap. Hallelujah. Super pumped. Super excited. What? Oh, Giddings Giddings won. Praise the Lord. We love Giddings. We love Giddy. But eventually, eventually we'll have to pick a side, amen? We'll have to love each other afterwards. But you know, there's a lot of people, but God has called us to be an impact player on the field. But you know, when I go to a football game, I was there Friday night. When I go to a football game, there's lots of different kinds of people. There's people that are there just watching, like me. I'm just watching, having a good time. It's a lot of fun. And then there's these guys down there on the field getting their brains beat out. They're sweating and they can't breathe. And they're, I mean, they're, they're doing everything they can do so that I can have a good time. That's not God's kingdom. It's not the way God's kingdom works. Spectators, you know what else is there? When I go to a game, you got a lot of haters. See, I'm talking about a crowded church. It's good to have a crowded church but you got to be careful you got a crowded church because you got people that are just watching spectating and you got people that are hating you got you got haters in the crowd see that's why you don't want to be a part of the crowd that's why you got to get on the field amen a lot of haters a lot of haters there are people watching on 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 online this morning we welcome you we're glad that you're watching pray that god blesses you but you know a lot of people like to watch from a distance and and and, and say hurtful good. things and and not be a part of what's really going on, but they still have opinions. Isn't that rough? But you want to know something? What I've noticed, the closer you get to the action in anything, the harder it is to criticize it. Closer you get to the action, the harder it is to criticize. Now, when I'm in the top level of the stands at Leopard Football, I want to tell you something. I don't know. I'm seriously, I, I don't know a whole lot about football, but I do when I'm up there. I'm like, I can't believe they they running that guy. I can't believe they run I can't believe that guy did that and this. Because the further you are away from the action, the easier it is to hate. Amen. Yeah. So you got spectators, haters, and then you got emulators, the wannabes, <laughs> right? Got your jersey on. We look good, Pastor. I mean, you got your jersey on and your hat on and, 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 and your, your, your leopard tattoo and whatever else you got. I mean, listen, and, 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 and you, you emulate what's happening on the field. You look like a player, but you're not a player. player. Stands are full of all kinds of people, spectators, haters, emulators, debaters, people that all they want to back and forth back. All they want to do is. Talk trash. This is crowd. God ain't called us to the crowd. He's called us to the field. Spectators, haters, emulators, debaters, traitors. That's me. I'll switch on you real quick because I don't like to lose. I'll switch on you real quick. Amen. Let me ask you something. What's what's your heart and life reflect whenever difficulty happens to you concerning the kingdom of God? You know, I, I hadn't heard it for a while, but I've heard several times lately, uh, people, people still talking trash. I'm like, well, you go down there to that cult, and you go down there to this and that and do this. And listen to me, don't be a traitor. Don't be a traitor. Don't switch teams because the going gets tough, amen? Because nobody ever promised in the kingdom that this was going to be an easy race. Amen. Nobody ever promised that this was going to be all candy and ice cream. Amen. This is. This there's going to come opposition. There's going to be difficulty. Why? Because with every promise comes opposition. That's right. That's right. Are you a traitor to the faith? Probably not. In here, maybe some online. Maybe somebody gave you a hard time at the Fayette County Fair, and you decided, well, you know, I probably shouldn't be seen up there anymore. Real truth be told, I think there's people that probably didn't walk in the parade because they were still a little bit like, I don't know if I can be fully associated with these people. Because you put on that Jesus shirt and start pumping out Jesus music and run down, listen, run down the same streets that you've wreaked havoc on and declare the goodness of God, that's pretty scary. That's pretty scary. Crowd is full of a lot of traitors. Spectators, haters, emulators, debaters, traitors. How about the commentators? Every game has commentators. Amen. Commentators, people that run their mouths the whole time, but they don't ever do anything. They can give you a play by play. And these are the best, the ex-participators. Stands are full of a lot of people that used to play. Amen. The people that used to play are the worst. Y'all know who I'm talking to. Yeah, coaches, people that used to coach. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but no, you want know, to? Pastor was high school football co- great coach. Great. Twenty one years you coach, Pastor. Twenty one years. So, but the the best are the pee wee football coaches. Pee wee. Fo- I mean, the wee football coaches, man, you sit with them in the stands and they're telling, they're telling, listen, I got him. I watch games with them. They're hollering at Urban Meyer on the TV, telling him what he's supposed to be running. wee football coach, get in the game, man. Get in the game. But the bottom line of all this, listen, you've got spectators, haters, emulators, debaters, traders, commentators, and ex-participators. But the bottom line is he's calling you to get in the game. He's calling you, point to yourself and say, that means me, me. to get in the game. Talked to somebody this week and I was, they're struggling in their faith and in their walk with God. And I said, well, have, have you read your Bible? They said, actually, no, never in my life. Can I tell you something? We've got to get in the game. Because it's not enough to just come. It's not enough to just, and listen, we're grateful. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you're here, but there's something on the inside of me that wants to call out the real you. And the real you isn't made to just sit in these comfortable blue chairs. The real you is not made to just sit at home and watch online. The real you is made to get in the game and be an impact player in what God's doing in your family, in this church, and in this community. Can I get an amen? That's the real you. He's calling you. He's calling you. Me. First Timothy 1.9 says, Who saved us and called us with a holy calling. Ah. He saved us and he didn't just save us, but he called us. And this is a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. I'm telling you what, there has been a strong call of God over your life since before time began you yes you since before time began the creator of the universe is calling you to get in on what's going on in the kingdom of God to be an impact player Ephesians 2:10 says no neither do we make make nor ourselves God does both the making and the saving he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does. Amen. This is what's so good because sometimes people are like, I just don't know what I'm called to. I struggled with this for a long time. And then I found out that I could stand in front of a group of people and communicate God's word. And I was like, yes, I found it. Aren't we all looking for it? Aren't we looking for it? Yes, I found it. I am a preacher. Yes. That's what I am. And I am, thank you very much. But can I tell you something? Here's what I've gotten. Listen listen. what the scripture says. It says, he creates each of, each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does. Listen, my ultimate calling is not to stand on this platform and communicate God's word to you. My ultimate calling is to Christ Jesus himself. To have a relationship with the one true living God. And as I come to Jesus, as Colby Hill comes to Jesus, to the one that I'm called to, I'm not called to an it, I'm called to a him. I'm not called to a thing, I'm called to a person. And as I come to this person... I find out who I really am. And as me and Jesus walk one with another, he shows me who I really am. And as I come to the one that I'm called to, his unique expression in and through me looks like this. But this, Colby, don't be mistaken, is not what you're called to. So if you're sitting there saying, well, I'm just trying to find it. You know, I'm not really good at a lot of things. Can you be good at having a relationship with Jesus? And if you'll be faithful to the one who called you, if you'll come to him daily in your word and in prayer and in meet corporately with the body of Christ in worship, I want to tell you something. There's going to be something that comes out of you that you did not expect because it's not of you, it's of him. That's your calling. That's your calling. So you don't have to sit down there and think, my God, well, I've got to go do something really great and important for Jesus. No, you've just got to come to the one who created you so he can send you out to be who he's called you to be. Amen. 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 I'm not even done with that scripture. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does. The good work that he has gotten ready for us to do work we had better be doing. There's something to do. Amen? There There's something to do. There's something for you to do. This is work that we had better be doing. You know, it's really awesome to... We have such an awesome church, and it's just... We just have such an awesome church. Yeah. Yeah. Love our church and love the community that God has built here. And, and um, you know, but but sometimes it could get a little discouraging because... When, when you're reaching out and you know that you know that God has called you to be an impact player in a community, an impact player in families and in lives. And he's not just calling us to be religious and say that we checked our uh, duty by coming to church off. Amen. Because if, if, if that's what this is all about, then I just want to go home and watch the football game. Can I get an amen? I'm serious. It's already 11. I could take a nap right now. That's my rule. You don't take a nap before 11. But once 11 hits, you can take a nap. It's 11.07. I could be asleep right now, full blown. True. But God has called this church to be an intricate part of what he wants to do in this area, in this town, this community, ultimately our world. But it's going to take a bunch of people that realize that call and who are willing to say, I don't care who it takes me from or who it puts me with. I want to get in the game. I want to be used by a holy, mighty God. I want to do what my creator has purposed me to do. Since before the foundation of the world, I'm hot. Can I take this off? At the fair last night, and the, my kids were riding rides and, and they, they had, this is why I'm hot on. I was like, oh, Jesus. But y'all church people, y'all probably don't even know what that is. But I'm hot because I have my jacket on. That's it. So I want to talk about... I got 15 minutes left. I want to talk about the purpose of your call. I mean, the process of your call. How does this happen? Because, because I think we can get confused and we can get off track. And, and uh, a, a lot of people start good, right? We start good, but finishing is something that we have difficulty doing. And, and, and it's, I think it's because we don't understand the process of how God calls us. And to illustrate that, I want to talk about the story of when God called Moses to get off of the sidelines and into the game. We're talking about Moses. If you don't know a lot about Moses, you can go read the first four chapters of uh, Exodus. And you figure out, uh, you, you learn about a guy who was literally on the bench... Not doing what God had called him to do, and he goes from that to being a key player in delivering God's people out of bondage. I don't know about you, I want to be a key player in delivering God's people out of bondage, amen? How many know there's people that are hurting, there's people that are broken, there's, listen to me, quit quit believing all the mess you see on the internet, it's not... True. Everybody else is jacked up just like you, and he's called us to be an impact player for those that are in bondage. That's yeah, yeah. what he's called us for. It's what he's called us to. I'm telling you, it, just, we, we all everybody hold hand walking around the fair, and you're like, oh my God, look at their marriage. It's all it's perfect. You didn't go home with them. Yeah. Go home. just get in the car. Yeah. <laughs> I love the marriages. These people just do it right in the middle, right there by the Ferris wheel. I'm like, thank you for being honest. Right there by the Ferris wheel, man. They're just knocking down, drag out. Just there it is. Praise the Lord. Then, they, then, they, then they'll hold up one second. Instagram. It's a true story. But there's some people in bondage. There, There is a devil that is loose on this earth, and he is tormenting and destroying people's lives. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life. We're carriers of the very life of Jesus Christ. So we've got to understand how we're called. Because if we, if we miss a step in, our, in how we're called to what God has called us to, then we're going to go hop in the game and get our brains beat out and wonder what in the world happened. You know, Colby was up there talking about how great it would be to get in this game, and I I hopped in there, and it didn't work out so well. We may not fully understand what this is all about. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. I'm going to read this to you. If you got your Bible, you can open it. If not, it'll be on the screen. It says, Now Moses kept the flock, of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burned with fire, but it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn and see this great sight Why the bush is not burning up. I love this. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. And he said, don't come near. Put off the shoes from your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face and was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Aren't you glad we serve a God that knows yeah. our sorrows? And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them out of that land, unto a good land, unto a large land flowing with milk and honey under the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and those guys and those guys and those guys. (laughs) And therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me and I have seen their oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now and I will send thee. This is a guy who got called from the backside of a desert To go confront the most powerful man on earth. To set free a group of people that were completely and totally oppressed and in bondage and helpless to their situation. I think it sounds a lot like the church. In our call, but there was a process to Moses' call. The first thing that you have to understand about Moses' call. Is the first thing that God did when he called him was he captured his attention. He captured his attention. And I don't know sometimes. I, my wife tells me this. My kids tell me this. And, and, and it's one of the most frustrating parts of my life. But if you speak to me. And you have not captured my attention. <laughs> Lord love me. I I, I, I want this to change. This is something. You know you got things about yourself that drive you crazy. This is like. Number four. No I'm just kidding. <laughs> This is this is a really fra- if you have not fully captured my attention, you will speak to me, and I will not know that you exist. It's a true story. I'm serious. I, I mean, it, am I the only one, no. ladies? Do your husbands do that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. And 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 really, truly. It's, it's something also that, that, that I, I try to work on whenever I'm at church because I'm always running here and there and doing something and, and, and I'm telling you, I can blow by you and hey, good morning, how's it going? And I, can, and, and I promise you I'm not being rude and I don't have a problem with you. It's that, it's that you didn't capture my attention. My mind was somewhere else. My purpose was somewhere else. And, and, and sometimes Rachel will get me and she'll say, hey, Colby. And she'll Colby, can you see me? Mm -hmm. Do you hear me? My mouth is moving. I'm like, okay. Okay. I got this. I'm right there. I'm just, it's pretty special. It's pretty special. And I realize this about myself and it's something that I continually work on. But, you know, I think a lot of us are like that with God. We go blowing right into our calling. We go blowing right into the field because somebody said you should go be in ministry or you should uh, you know, go, hey, do you want to be? Listen, we love it. You walk through the doors of this church and you've got a heart to serve God. We want to put you where you belong. We want to put you where you're strong, amen? But sometimes people do that, but they've missed the, they've missed the, the, the uh, attention capturing process of God. Because here's the bottom line. If your heart... And your mind has not been fully captured by God, and you go on to do God's work, it's gonna end badly every single time. But we'll not allow God to capture our full attention and we'll go do something in the ministry. We'll sign up for the nursery or we'll go be a children's teacher and then we get sick of it and the kids are crying and the parents didn't say thank you and then we had to do it two services a row and then this guest speaker came and they put me in there again and I quit. But I think a lot of that happens because our full attention has not been captured by God. You say, what are you talking about? Check out what God does when he wants to call Moses into the ministry. He sets a bush on fire, but the bush doesn't burn. Look at somebody like that. Did you get this? This is weird. He sets a bush on fire. Are y'all listening to me? Am I here? Don't pull a Colby right now. He sets a bush on fire, but the leaves don't burn up and the branches don't burn up. And Moses is walking along, tending his sheep, minding his business on the backside of a desert, on the backside of a mountain, just him and nobody else, completely isolated. And he sees a bush burning, but the bush isn't burning up. Now, what are you going to do if you see a bush burning and the bush doesn't burn up? You're going to do what Moses did. You're going to be like, King James, hither now, let me turn aside thither and see what the Lord is. Right? Right? You're going to be like, hold up. There's a bush on fire. And you're out there by yourself with nothing but the sheep. But you're like, sheep. Do y'all see? Do you see? The bush is on fire. I got to go check this out. You know, he's mad. He didn't have a cell phone. He would have had that. That would have been viral, right? Oh, this, this is going to preach so good. It would have been viral if somebody could have seen. Here's what it is. It's, it, he, God uses this crazy anomaly. This crazy, unbelievable thing that makes no sense according to natural laws. And it causes Moses to stop and turn his head and say, I got to check this out. And as he goes to check this out, God now knows I have his full attention. Yeah. Now that I've captured his full attention, let me go ahead and download some stuff that he will absolutely not be able to believe. Because had God just whispered from heaven, Moses, go talk to Pharaoh. Pharaoh. All he's going to hear is, meh, meh. That's all he would have heard. But God uses something crazy that makes no sense to bring about the most purposeful thing in his life. He captures his attention. And I look at this and I say, well, God, I wish you would have used a burning bush. I wish some bushes would be on fire when we walked out of church, but they would not start a fire. Could you imagine you go home and that plant you planted by the front door is on fire, but it's not burning up, and then God starts talking out of it, there'd be revival everywhere. And God speaks to you out of the rose bush, and he says, Sylvia, my darling, my dear, my daughter, go to the... Ends of the world. I'm telling you, Sylvia would be like, Leroy, peace out. I got to (laughs) go. That rose bush is talking. (laughs) And I got to thinking, and I'm like, God, I really wish you would set some bushes on fire so some people could really, truly, you could gather their attention fully. And then maybe they would listen to what you have for them. God, speak out of the trees. Well, you start changing your prayer life. That pine tree out there is anointed. Jesus, show up in the pine tree. No, serious. I'm like, okay, well, that that hasn't happened. There's been no burning bushes since Moses. And that's frustrating. So you're like, God, I wish you would do something. Send some crazy anomaly, something that makes no sense something that would cause people to turn their heads and quit listening to the bleeding, boring beats of their life and get in on purpose. And I begin to think about it. Wait a minute. Did God already do that? has god already given the church given the world an anomaly that nobody can explain has he already done something that breaks that broke every single law of nature has he already used the senseless to bring sense to some things and i begin to think we don't need another burning bush There doesn't need to be some other crazy happening. Because see, what that burning bush represents in Genesis chapter 3 is something that every single one of us has had the opportunity to look at. But the devil is doing all that he can do to silence its voice to keep us so tunnel visioned that we cannot see it. Because if we see it, our full attention will be captured. Because it makes no sense, but it brings so much sense to this situation. And what I'm talking about is the cross of Jesus Christ. You see, God doesn't use burning bushes anymore. Because that burning bush represented something so crazy and so wild that Moses could not help but turn his head. See, I want to tell you why people struggle getting in the game because they've never had their attention captured by the one thing that can keep their attention for eternity. Oh, good. All right, all right. Amen. That is our burning bush. Amen. And I understand. I understand if I actually set a bush on fire in here and it didn't burn and I told you the Lord was in it, you would lose your mind. You would lose your mind, and you would video it, and you would put it on Facebook and Instagram. You'd tell your kids about it, and if I told you the bush was going to be here every Sunday, you wouldn't miss it. If I told you you could take the bush home with you, you'd take the bush home with you. If I told you that you could tell your parents about the bush, you'd tell your parents about the bush. If I told you that your husband needed to see the bush, you'd show your husband. I'm telling you, if I brought the bush... I just wish it was as exciting as the bush. He captured Moses' attention. God uses what doesn't make sense to be the bedrock of all that makes sense in our lives. The innocent becomes a criminal so that criminals can be innocent. Insanity brings sanity Come on, somebody, death gives life. This is an an anomaly, say that word for me, anomaly, like the world has never seen before. It makes no sense. You look at it and you go, I thought I was supposed to get to get. And he says, no, you're supposed to give to get. You look at it and you say, but I want to be first place. And he says, okay, well then go be last place because the last are first and the first are last. This makes no sense at all. He wounds Jesus on the cross to heal us. And until I'm telling you, because I, I, in my flesh, I want to stand up and say, you need to get in the game and get off your butt and do this and do that. And God, there's, come on, don't you love Jesus and, 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 and try to make you feel so horrible about yourself? Maybe we can squeeze one more ounce of ministry out of you. But the real truth is until that has captured our attention, until that has captured our attention, until the very thing that makes no sense, until the insanity can bring sanity to our lives, because here's the deal, unless everything you do comes out of what Jesus did on the cross, you will not be doing it for long. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm going to preach on get in the game, and my God, we need nursery workers, God, and we need children's church workers, and Jesus, you know that the we need coffee, people serving coffee, and people waving at the road. And You got all and you, and pastors get all frustrated and and upset. And you got all these people, and nobody wants to sweat because it's too hot. I don't want to be at the gate. It's too hot. And you're saying, come on, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go tell them that, that they got to get in the game. And he says, if they haven't seen the cross, they're just playing a game. Yeah. Yeah. This is why people come and go. See, leaders, if you're a leader in here and you're head of a a ministry and you find yourself being frustrated because people are cycling through your ministry, be encouraged. Because I believe that the remnant church is raising up a bunch of people that have turned their head aside from the boring bleeding of their life. And they have seen the cross of Jesus and they know that it's not anybody that they're, listen to me, they know that as they hold those babies, it's because the cross of Jesus has enabled them to hold those babies. They know that as they teach those children, it's the very life of God that flows from the cross that teaches those children as they serve coffee hallelujah do you want your latte it's covered in the blood of Jesus that's why I love the cross man you got listen to me anomaly blood doesn't stain it cleanses yeah. hello yeah. hello yeah. and you're like what did he just say Yeah. <laughs> such a cute photo See, we, we live in a world that everything is grabbing our attention and unless the cross captures our church, attention church, this is how we accomplish his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. This is how we this is only my first point. I won't even get to the rest of them. That's okay. This is what God's called us to. A full-fledged relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have, listen to me, he's not calling you to help out. Well, it looks like they really, see, we can be victims and stand up we don't have any nursery workers. Rennie, there's nobody to work in the nursery. And you'll say, well, I'll just, I'll help out there for a little while. You know, Pastor, we'll, tell, we'll say something you know, Pastor Jan had to teach the children today. Oh, that's terrible. She shouldn't have to do that. I'll, I'll help out. <clears throat> yeah, no, no. Listen, we don't come to this life. We don't, come to, we don't, we don't do this to help out. You don't get in the game to help out. You, listen to me, you don't get in the game so that you can be a better person. Talked to somebody the other day, I said, well, why, why, why are you saved? Why did you get saved? Well, I just wanted to be a better person. You never looked. You never turned aside. It, it hasn't captured your attention yet. Because Jesus didn't do all that to make you a better person. He did all that to make you a brand new person. Like brand new. Like that old person is dead. He's dead. Oh, I'm just having too much fun today. If this anomaly is not the foundation of all your doings, then you won't be doing for long. Amen? He's called us to get in the game. And the first step of getting in the game, and you can't miss the first step, (laughs) is to allow that to completely consume everything that you are. So I would do you a disservice if I didn't tell you that truth. This is serious what God wants us to do. He loves us so much. And he's called us to make make an impact in this community. He's called you, man of God, to make an impact in your family. But if we make it about everything but Jesus, then we're going to be really frustrated people. Because this is really only about Jesus. This is about Jesus and honoring him and serving him. And God reminded me of that yesterday. Uh and I don't say this. Eloy blessed my heart so much yesterday because how many know sometimes pastors get off track too? you are like, What? Okay. So Eloy really he just he just blessed me. And and I, I mean it just he shook me. I love, I love being around people that will shake you. I mean, their faith challenges you. And and uh, we got with, through with the fair, and, and I was thinking about how last weekend, uh, he's an impact player. Last weekend, we had KB here. Do y'all remember? Woo! That was so good, so fun. We had KB here. and <clears throat> Starting on Friday, last Friday, Eloy worked all, all, all day long on Friday preparing because he was going to be the one, him and Don were going to be the ones that uh, were going to take care of KB and make sure he had all his snacks and his Fiji water and all the stuff that he needed. And, and so then he came up here on uh, Saturday and all day Saturday until late at night. And then he came up on Sunday and made sure they had they'd taken care of him at the hotel. And So it works for three days. He doesn't get paid from the church. He works for three days. And, um, and then he calls me on Thursday and he says, hey, how are we going to load them coolers for the, uh, for the fair parade? Because there's nobody on earth that can move 4,000 cups of, of uh, ice cream except for Eloy. <laughs> right. Those things weighed, I don't know how much they weighed. I don't want to exaggerate, but like 4,000 pounds. And that was an exaggeration. Um, And so he comes up, loads the coolers on Saturday morning early. We're here at eight o'clock. Walks in the parade, comes back, unloads the coolers, does all this stuff. And I'm not saying this to toot his horn or to tell you that he's any better than anybody else, because this is really about me. And (laughs) not to be conceited or anything. That's about what God did in my heart through my brother. And... Uh, I looked at him, and, and, you know, sometimes the pastor, you want to make sure you tell everybody thank you, right? Got to get all your thank yous in. And and because people are volunteering their time, and, you know, they took off work, and they got families, and they got all kinds of stuff. And, and so, man, Eloy, I was just thank you so much, man. Really appreciate this, man. T- dude, dude, I said, man, Eloy, two weeks in a row, two weekends in a row. You're just selling out. Two weekends in a row, man. I can't tell you. We appreciate you so much. Much for all that you did. And then jokingly, how I many times sometimes jokes come out of your heart? They're, they're jokes, but it's actually something that's in your heart. Jokingly, I said, um, I'll tell you what, I'll give you next Saturday off. And we laughed. We laughed. And he looked at me and he said, That's cool, but he won't. And I went, See, that's somebody who did this. That's somebody who. When he's looking at me like, Colby, that's cute. You're funny. If you think for one second I'm doing this for you or your appreciation or your thank you. <laughs> And God's like, Colby, can you go ahead and let yourself off the hook of trying to make all these people happy? Because you can't. If they haven't seen that, then you can't tell them thank you enough times. You can't throw enough appreciation dinners. You, 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 can't, they, they, you cannot do enough for them. And I'm like... Hallelujah. Yeah. You mean, you mean God, these people are supposed to be doing your work, not because the pastor's begging them to or pleading out their bleeding heart and becoming victims and saying, we don't have anybody to do any of this stuff. God, you mean you're telling me that your people can look at your cross all on their own and receive your heart from what you did and do it without any appreciation or praise and do it because they know... Who's already done it for them? Whoa! I'm sorry, I get excited sometimes. Wow! Whoa! Wow! God, you mean I can trust you enough? This is really, God does, he does, he does more than me in this stuff. You mean, God, I can trust you enough? I can trust you with Howard? And believe that he can get his own personal relationship with you. I can trust you with Deja. That she can go to college and make good decisions, and she can look at the cross of Jesus and receive everything she needs for this season of her life. Cece can make good decisions in this. Are you serious? You knowing that boys are going to be beaten down their door, knowing that, that that it's going to be tough to wake up on Sunday mornings and go to church. Yeah, Colby, believe it or not, the cross is for. Everybody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So there was more to that today. And uh, if nothing else, I want to challenge you. See, and your flesh won't look because it doesn't seem that exciting. It doesn't seem that incredible. It doesn't seem that great. But nowhere else in the scripture Nowhere else in the scripture, I mean nowhere else in the world do we find a God who's willing to leave glory, to come down here and walk as a man, walk in our shoes, live a perfect and sinless life and be crucified, slain and slaughtered in our place taking what you deserve and what I deserve, the filth of every single one of our lives. And in turn, when we turn aside and see this great sight and receive it for ourselves, he gives us new life and new revelation and new purpose. And when everything that we do comes out of that, we can't, listen, we can't have enough ministries. We can't, listen to me, we got people beating down the door. Why? Because they say, I've got to do what God's called me to do. I can't sit here comfortable anymore. I've seen the cross of Jesus, and it's captured my attention. And it has not just made me a better person, it's made me a new person. And I want to receive all that he has for me. I don't want to miss this. I want to get in the game. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. That's my heart. God is so good. I want to ask you today, where are you at? You on the sidelines? You riding the bench? Before I ask you to sign up for anything, I want to ask you, when's the last time you knelt at the feet of Jesus and said, God, I just want you? Through the busyness of life, through all the doubts and insecurities and difficulties that we have, Father, I know that if I'm going to get in the game, I've got to come to you. I'm asking you to allow the cross of Jesus to fully capture my attention. have a little bit of music, Daryl? I want to challenge you this morning. You say, I've been a spectator, I've been a debater, I've been an emulator, I've been a traitor, I've been a commentator, I've been everything there is. But today is the day I'm getting in the game. I'm going to take the first step in the process of my calling and I'm going to come to Jesus. This isn't just a call for salvation. There may be somebody in here, but you say, I've got to get off of the bench. You may be saved in here, know that you're going to heaven, but you know that you know. That God has more for you than where you are. Today is my day to get in the game. I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you this morning. Every eye closed, you stand to your feet. You say, Man, the Holy Spirit's ministering to me during that message. I want to come and kneel at the cross of Jesus. I don't care if you're the only one. I want to see him fresh and new today. Capture my attention, God. That's the prayer. Capture my attention, God. If he's ministered to you, this altar is going to be open for a few minutes for us to pray that prayer. Capture my attention, God. Capture my attention, God.